everybody. This is James. Nabil. And Mikey. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 167. Today we are going to be continuing our section for the hilarious films Forgotten in Time, followed by the review of the new spy thriller slash mystery, Argyle. As you guys can probably tell, Marco's not here with us today. He is currently not feeling too well, so... Strangely enough, this was his pick for the hilarious movies Forgotten Time, so this should be very interesting how we pull this off. So let's uh, jump into our topic of the week. It's the topic of the week. So this section is hilarious films Forgotten in Time. This is a segment we're doing where we're trying to introduce films that aren't really talked about comedic-wise, humor-wise, that are... um, well, I mean, comedies, right, really, truthfully, that um, aren't really talked about, that we find funny. It's been interesting so far, to say the least. So, <laughs> uh, we definitely are learning from this segment. I think uh, we've talked separately with all of you guys, I think, and it's something we're going forward. I think we're going to have to really just stress the um, what we're looking for, I think, because I think, I think it was a little too vague how I started it out, but... Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Anyways, the movie that Marco picked for us to review this week is a 2002 dark comedy, Death to Smoochie. KidNet Television proudly presents America's favorite kid show host, Rainbow Randall! So you'll make sure my boy dances up front, right? Gets to sit in the chair? You want your little booger eater on my show? Meet Randolph Smiley. He once was rich. He once was famous. And he once was sane. Rainbow Randolph is the man. Yes, oh, yes, he is. They kicked me out of the corporate penthouse. I'm homeless. I can assure you, this network cannot survive another Rainbow Randolph. Don't hit me! Please, let me Salmonella! Sir, it is my personal mission to find a satisfactory replacement. Get me Smoochie. You're telling me that Kidnet is finally ready to pursue a show of Smoochie caliber. Hey! My body was barely cold and you went to work for the rhino. I gotta eat, don't I? The IMDb description of this is a kid show host, Rainbow Randolph, is fired in disgrace. While his replacement, Sheldon Mopes, a.k.a. Smoochie the Rhino, finds himself a rising star. Unfortunately for Sheldon, the business of kids television isn't all child's play. This is directed by Danny DeVito, who also directed the 1987 film Throw Mama from the Train, the 1989 film The War of the Roses, as well as Matilda in 1996 and Duplex in 2003. This is written by Adam Resnick, who also wrote Cabin Boy in 1994 and was a writer on the television show Get a Life from 1990 to 1992. This released on March 29th, 2002, sorry. (laughs) And uh, had a budget of $50 million, and this was a total box office failure, just like Nabil's pick from last week. Stay tuned. It only made $8.3 million in the box office. This stars the late Rob Williams as Rainbow Randolph Smiley, Edward Norton as Sheldon Mopes, Smoochie the Rhino, Danny DeVito as Burke Bennett, Catherine Keener as Nora Wells, John Stewart as Marion Frank Stokes, Pam Ferris as Tommy Cotter, and Michael Rispoli as Spinner Dunn. So, I mean... Truth, uh, but just a heads up, I don't think we're going to spoil anything. For instance, there's nothing to spoil in this movie, but um, we're going to just kind of jump in with it. Did you guys? I, I want to say because we've already talked about it previously, uh, Nabil and Mikey, you this is your guys' first time seeing this movie, yeah. This is the first time I've seen it, yeah. This came out in my uh, wow addiction phase, so I, I didn't see movies around this time, time period in my life, so yeah, this first time seeing it. I seen it a few times. My brother and I. This is one of those. Not in theaters, though. God no. Um, this is one of those <laughs> movies that was always on Comedy Central for some fucking reason. Like all the time. Like I don't know if they had a deal with them or just all the time. Just playing. Because it was a funny film. That's why it's on Comedy it's, Central. It was one of those movies. Though, I will say this much. I mean, we're gonna jump right into this. It's like. It was one of those movies, though, that you see it once and then like every time it would come on after like something that we watch, we just it'd be like time to switch the channel kind of thing, because <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of this movie when I was I, this came out when I was 13. And truthfully, back then, um, I probably didn't catch all the references and such like that. Sure. Obviously, especially since it's an edited version on Comic Central. But there's truthfully outside of language, I don't think there's really too much in this movie that's 
Yeah, there's nothing really like crazy yeah, grotesque no, like, or anything that I recall. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, that, I, I agree, Nabil. There's nothing crazy with it. But um, let's just jump into what we thought of it now that we've seen it in our 30s slash, <laughs> you know, 40s, 40s oh, as well for you guys. So um, I'm going to start with you, Nabil. What did you let's just say let's start with the movie itself. What did you think of the movie? The, the movie's a bit wackier than I thought it was going to be. You know, you know, I know you said you'd seen it on um, TV a lot. I, I'd only ever seen it from the cover at a video rental store back in the day when I was younger. Right it was just there, so on the front. Yeah, exactly. And so I didn't really know what it was about, but it never seemed interesting to me, even with Robin Williams being in it at the time. And so watching the movie now, yeah. it's it's a very odd premise. I know that it's... You know, it's it's an interest. It's different than I would have expected for Robin Williams in there, but I can say that it's uh, it it doesn't. It wasn't as funny as I was uh, thinking it was going to be with him being in it. So I'll say that for for me, I'm, I kind of feel the same way. Like I I looked at the cast. I really hadn't heard of this movie before. Uh, I, you know, Marco said it. I looked it up, saw the cast. Oh, I was like, oh, that's so a-, a, a true forgotten in time film for Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I saw the cast, and I was like, oh man, this movie's probably gonna be good right i had super high expectations going in you know marco recommended it i see the cast i'm like great this is pretty good good. and then i i I watched it and i just maybe my expectations were a little high because of that but i I didn't end up liking the movie too much like it's just i don't know the story is kind of a you know a little bit of a mess uh like i don't think they took what robin williams could bring to the movie and kind of used it or utilized it in the right way so I wouldn't even, just I would of, even dare say he's kind of just a, a kind of a minor character in this movie. Yeah, yeah, but for they sure. try to market it more like it's a Robin Williams, like star, co-starring Robin Williams, into a point, I guess. But near the end, he has. I mean, they start with him, they end with him, kind of thing, and yeah. he's just kind of a little bit in the middle for like kind of uh, follow-ups on where he's at in his life at the moment for some yeah, reason. And I mean, I mean, truly, the star of the movie is Edward Norton. So it is, yeah. yeah. Which maybe but, they didn't I mean, think was bankable funny. at the time. I don't know, but I'm, well, he yeah, was Ed, Ed Norton was big during that time. Like that was kind of his peak era. Was the early two thousands uh, and late nineties. You know, I will say yeah. too with with he's you know Ed Norton's the straight man in this one, and yeah, he's, he, he you know he can play that fine. But this film, the the premise is just so wacky. Everything around him is so wacky. That I think that's what really throws it off is that you've got good character actors like Robin Williams, Danny DeVito around him, and even John Stewart playing like a weird, evil kind of guy, kind of. Yeah, once again, a very minor character. A very minor character, but yeah, a very minor part. But it doesn't work with with. He's just too nice of a guy, and I think that's what's throwing it off. It, he doesn't play well with everything else that's going around him. That's like pretty serious and they're trying to keep it lighthearted like you said james it's a dark comedy but it's just i don't know that straight that character that ed norton's playing is you know smoochy it's just the he the center of the film is not really anchoring the movie it's everything around him and that's kind of making it more harder for it to feel as funny as it probably should be or yeah and i mean i think this is during like my i was talking to my brother about it too because we were trying to recollect a little bit about this and this is kind of when I think Robin Williams was trying to get into slightly like darker material. I want to say yeah. like he was getting into things like this and like, what, what was the one of the photo movie that I forgot? Fuck it's escaping my mind. One hour photo, one hour yeah. photo, that one. And yeah. then he did insomnia around the same time, a little bit after this, I think. And it is a darker role for him too. And I think I, I agree with you, Nabil. Like for instance, my, my thoughts on the movie, I, you know, even, when did this come out? Literally almost 22 years ago at this point. And I thought maybe, you know, I've seen a lot of movies since then and I'm, I'm coming back trying to look at it in a fresh mind. And yeah, it, it just did not work for me. I, I don't even think this is a, a good movie, which by the way, we're rating these purely on comedic value, obviously. Right. But it does hurt it a bit when the movie's just, it's very, it's very 2002. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it's, 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 it almost felt more dated than your movie, Nabil. Which kind of blew my mind <laughs> because I think there's a lot of concepts in it where it's it's super by the numbers. Like I, you can almost predict what's going to happen 20, 30 minutes into the movie. Truthfully, like I nothing shocked me. But once again, I have seen it before. And but it probably been like 20 years literally that I've seen it. But it, it, it all came violently Flooding crashing up. back into my mind. <laughs> but I almost feel like that's kind of an element they tried to use as humor as well. Like 
they use the storyline as a very like just low base of story just so they can have like the wacky offset like uh, Nabil is talking about here like how crazy and over the top yeah. the company is right selling the materials and everything like that and how, i mean it, this know, it's got a message about how corporate greed can ruin someone's dream and i mean it's it's a he's obviously a play on barney like let's face it he's a purple yeah. fucking creature guy that is a kid show host but he's actually really nice and he's trying to do good but then he's getting caught up with previous i mean rainbow Roundup was part of the problem but there's also you know danny devito's burke bennett character is also a sleazy agent that is also pulling the strings because they want to, you know, manipulate him into getting more money and et cetera, et cetera. But it's got like four subplots going on. And truthfully, the movie runs a little too long, in my opinion, for a comedy. Yeah. Especially near the end where I think it's like, okay, we're about to wrap up soon. But then there's like this whole other arc. There's 40 more minutes, man. Right. I'm like, oh my God, there's more. So, and while I, while I, let's just, Let's just jump into like what did you guys even think it was funny then? I mean, like, we can be brutally honest. We're pretty honest with Nabil about his movie. Um, we'll start with you, Nabil. I mean, you yeah. didn't get a little big say last week, so no. <laughs> I I do think that there was elements of it that was funny. Like again, I actually like Robin Williams in this film. I just think what he was doing and what Ed Norton's character was doing just didn't vibe well. But I thought Robin when he was on screen. Hilarious. He was going for it. He was going crazy. I love Danny DeVito in this film. Um, I mean, I didn't hate Edward Norton as Moochie and what he was like him as far as acting is concerned. I just didn't find anything that he was doing really that funny if we were supposed to at all. But and the premise of the film didn't really make me feel like, you know, there wasn't a lot to laugh at. I mean, people were getting killed. And I was like, this is supposed to be a funny part of it. I mean, like one guy gets killed. It's not even a big deal. Well, and yet, you know, that's supposed to, you know, the, it's supposed to be a pivotal part with the mobsters. And I don't know. I just, yeah. I did like the, uh, I mean, I will say the only thing I found redeeming about Ed Norton's character is the uh, former boxer that was there. He helped make Spinner. things a little funnier. Yeah. So he, Spinner was, was funny. But so it was a lot of, again, I go back to saying everything around it was funnier than maybe the movie itself, just the character actors. Yeah. Yeah. I would say. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, what, did, what did you think, Mikey? <laughs> I, I didn't think it was like super funny, uh, but actually, I actually liked Edward Norton. I, I was telling James a, f- a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about last just, night, actually. Was it was <laughs> last night. Oh, I thought it was a couple days ago. Anyways, yeah, it was last night. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know why, but I just, I know people that are like him. And so, like, it just kind of fit into, like, people that I know and, like, how they kind of present information and stuff. But he was just, like, such a goody two-shoes of every aspect of life. And, like, he's pushing, like, the vegan life and that kind of stuff. And just the way he presents it and kind of that, like you guys saying, he's playing it straight. So, he's just presenting and he, like, almost has, like, a whole, like, spiel about all of this vegan stuff that's happening. And for whatever reason, I was chuckling at it. I was like, oh, double soy <laughs> hot dogs. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, that part, of, that part, kind of got me. I did like the little parts. I was mentioning it before when we were talking about the movie part, but Robin Williams as well. He does a few characters, few voices, and he goes over the top a lot of the acting parts that he has. And I, I, I did enjoy that him too. That, I just, that's very Robin Williams like of him, though, right? Yeah, like right. the voices. He's just basically turning into his character from Mrs. Doubtfire slash the genie yeah. slash every fucking role he's ever done. <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff I was expecting because I yeah. saw Robin Williams in the film. That's why I was mm-hmm. kind of. Okay, that's what I wanted. So yeah, I, I, I think for me, I was trying to tell you guys. I don't know what movies like this just don't work for me. I don't know why it. It's like a dark comedy, but it also ha- like for instance, the, the vegan jokes are like those are like dad jokes to me. I, I it's just not funny. <laughs> I don't like I that kind of them. humor. It's just I love dad jokes too, though. So. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong, dry humor is fine when in certain times, and it's just for this one, just. I, it just did not work for me. It's one of those things where this is where I was kind of iffy on like I I really wanted to jump in for this week to kind of choose a movie, kind of like set the ship back into the proper direction. And no offense to Marcos Pick. Obviously, hey, you guys will hear in a moment. He thinks it's hilarious. But I wanted movies where like you would die from laughter thing, like like true hidden gems of comedy that. And I mean, hey, maybe this is this could be that to Marco, which is. I didn't think it was funny at all. Like, I don't even think I chuckled once when it kind of thing. Like, this was a chore to get through. I can appreciate the performances, though, still. Like, like you said, I think Robin Williams does steal the show. I wish he was in it longer. 
he's like Nibble said, he's really only in, in the beginning. Things happen, then he's kind of, you know, like cameoed in throughout the film until the very end, last 20 minutes or so. And he's shown in, and then I'm like, okay, so this is Robin Williams. Because I mean, I got love for Robin Williams. Fuck, man, we all grew up watching uh, all of his movies and stuff like that. But this is one of those movies that's pretty much a miss for me overall. But I'm glad you guys did find some humor in it, though. So, I mean, that's always solid in a way. I don't know if this is a movie you guys are going to revisit anytime soon. Add to your library. I'm getting a lot of sh- no, 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 I'm glad I was able to see it finally because yeah. it's just ne- it's never been a film I've thought about again since I've seen yeah. the cover of it. Feels like I, just, <laughs> I saw it. that Hollywood video blockbuster. God damn no. it! Now I know. We're never gonna have to see it again. Yeah, <laughs> Nibel's like, I would like to uh, just got this and Nosferatu. That's all I got left on this goddamn list. So. <laughs> um. Okay, guys, we're gonna jump into what Marco said in a moment here. So look. Once again, we rate these on a quote-unquote funny scale. What were your guys' overall funny star rating for this movie? Start with you, Mikey. Uh, I gave it a one. You said all that shit, and you still gave it a one. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just I just chuckled. I didn't, like, laugh my ass off or anything like True. that. So. You weren't crying. I mean, right? yeah, yeah, I wasn't crying. I wasn't, like, actually laughing. It but was just again, like... <laughs> I want to take full responsibility. Okay. I don't think I was clear enough. When saying that, but maybe I was, maybe I was, I don't know. So, Nabil, what about also, you? Also, humor is also just like it's also, personal, it is very right? subjective. So, yeah. everybody has different humor, and I think comedy was probably not a good choice for this one. I think maybe I don't fucking know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. I mean, it's like, yeah, like, like you said, it's subjective, horror, right? Horror, so, horror pretty like, hey, things scare everybody, right? Like, but then you know, we got fucking. I don't you know, know. I got scared of Starship yeah. Troopers. Yeah, <laughs> so I guess not. Action film, and then like, what the fuck's going on? But um, I get maybe we could do a drama next time. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Christ, I, comedy. Hey, it's a tough subject. I hope the listeners appreciate what we are going through. And are you know, I generally speaking, I'm not trying to. I you know, Mark is going to listen to this afterwards. I'm not shitting on his pick. I'm not trying to. I'm trying to at least see some light in the end of the tunnel in it. It's just I I do take full responsibility on not being probably clear enough on what I was looking for when we came up with this subject. That's, that's all. That's all I want to say. So, uh, no, but what do you rate this one though? On a funny scale? I, I did rate this a little bit more generously. I gave this a two and a half big baller. Okay. I gave this one a one. So yeah. So that's what we rated death of smoochie on a funny scale. Just didn't quite hit for us, but I do want to read something. Marco, you know, like you said, he's not feeling well. He's ill right now. So I'm going to read to you guys. Marco's response, because this would have been the time that we would have asked his history of the movie, why he thought this was a good pick. Um, I would have loved to ask him some questions here and we could kind of um, let's let me just read this for you guys. I actually did reveal this to Nabil already, so this is already spoiler for him, but Mikey's not not heard this yet. So Marco said, I saw Death Samushi in theaters in 2002 with friends. I was 19 years old and thought it was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. For a few years after, I still thought so and would watch it regularly. Robin Williams was the main reason for why I thought the movie was hilarious. Seeing him unhinged and losing his shit as Rainbow Randolph would just crack me up. The cock and ball cookies and when Rainbow gets caught framing Smoochie are still some of my favorite sequences. All the splendid done scenes, though they haven't aged well, are also my favorites. I know you guys probably tore this one apart and that's okay. The Robin Williams nostalgia was the main reason I found myself trying not to laugh my ass off with a sore throat. Marco rated this even though we don't take his rating into consideration he says i i give this one as four stars on the funny factor so recommend it it's not everyone's cup of tea i guess but to me it's a diamond in the rough from those quirky early 2000 movies what do you think about that i'm, I'm more surprised that he said regularly like i see yeah, i didn't realize I, this, was, this is more I often than this, yeah mark i didn't realize this was in his rotation of fun i me for me it's like dodgeball anchorman dumb and dumber you know just movies but i'm a little yeah yeah no, I mean, John, they, <laughs> my brother John said a, he couldn't imagine anyone laughing their ass off the theaters, but here's the proof, I guess. Like, it would have been a weird theater experience for me if I was in there at that time. Like, what the who the fuck is blowing up back there laughing? Just hear Marco laughing, whole thing just going off, you know. Just, no, I mean, I could see, like, I don't know, maybe they just don't hit for me now. Then they, but I could see myself as a kid if I watched this, or as a teenager if I watched this movie, I would definitely be rolling at like the the dick cookie, right? That kind of stuff here. I'd I'd probably be laughing at those kind of things here if if I hadn't seen it twenty thousand times in other places, right? So 
Yeah. I don't know. I could see what? my I could see my younger self actually laughing at this movie. Um I mean maybe just because I've, you know, kind of experienced more stuff or different things. It just doesn't hit me the same way maybe. now. As I mean, he was 19, so when was I 19? Seven years later, 2009. No, I probably no, probably not. <laughs> yeah, see, I was I was 20 when this movie came out. If I had seen it when I was 20 years old, I probably would have been laughing more than I did when I watched it now. Yeah, so. I wish we could have picked his brain apart a little bit on this, but I mean, hey. Well, and I'll point out too that he his though I, I'm surprised by how high he rated it himself. Um, he only really called out the Robin Williams segments that he enjoyed the most. So maybe he could elaborate more, but I feel like we're all kind of on the same page of what really was the standout comedy parts of the movie. Yeah, no, I, I agree, though. If, if anything's considered funny, it would definitely be the Robin Williams parts. Like I said, a scene stealer throughout the film itself. So interesting pick. Kind of weird because we can't really like go off of Marco to defend himself, obviously, with this. And that's I, I don't really have much more to say about this one. I do still think... Um, if you've never seen it and fuck, I don't even know. Like what would this be comparable to? You think it's of its era. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Damn. Uh, okay. Would you guys recommend this movie at all? Like truth be told, I don't think I I wouldn't personally. Yeah. Not personally. Okay. (laughs) There's, there's better comedy. I'm I'm not saying anything. Yeah. It's it's not a thing on Marco and his pick or anything like that. I'm just saying as far as the film is concerned, I don't think that there are better films that came out during this, you know, time period that if you're really going to watch, or even Robin Williams performance, there's some better films under that, that time that maybe weren't straight up comedies, but you know, if you're looking for something of him, there's some better films out there too. So I don't, this isn't something that I feel like, Definitely forgotten a, a film worth saying that it's been forgotten in time and maybe for reasons. All right. Well, we're, I don't want to keep beat, de- beating the dead horse here. So I'm actually up next now. I actually picked a film from 2002 that came out two months before this movie. Ever, like we said, everyone has different humor and my humor tends to be just real wacky shit, too, I guess. I don't know. I like it. You guys know I love Airplane and Naked Gun and parody films and. Like I mentioned, dodgeball and all this shit. Shit that's just maybe quotable too. Maybe just like really quotable movies. But it's this is also a film that I truthfully haven't seen in quite a while. But at the time, I think I've seen this movie many, many times. But my movie, if you guys didn't already guess, is the 2002 film Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Get ready to at least chuckle a few times. I hope. I hope you guys like it. So I might have to. I might have to change mine. Not because it's the same movie, but. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll see what I do. But dude, did you choose this movie? <laughs> it was it was on my list actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well then, okay. We'll yeah. see. We'll see. I have a couple others. So me and Mackie, uh, me and Mikey are the third and fourth batter up. So we're just trying to get a run in for the boys. So yeah. So that's. Uh, I don't think it's available on anything. So you're gonna have to either rent it or buy it. Whatever you want to do. That is the next pickup. After that, Mikey will finish it out for us with the final pick in the. Hilarious films forgotten in time segment by the movie Pals Pad. Let's move on now to our main review of Argyle. Who are these people? Real life spies. Why would they care about me? Because you're a goddamn fortune teller, Ellie. Why can't you see? When you wrote your new book, actually happened, and you kicked a hornet's nest you didn't even know existed. I'm in some really big trouble, Mom. Oh, so now you're experimenting with drugs. I want all assets on them now. I need her to write the next chapter. God, I hate that cat. All right, so the IMDb description of Argyle is a reclusive author who writes espionage novels about a secret agent and a global spy syndicate realizes the plot of the new book she's writing starts to mirror real-world events in real time. Directed by Matthew Vaughn, who did the 2004 film Layer Cake, Kick-Ass in 2010, X-Men First Class in 2011, as well as he actually has directed all the Kingsman movies, including Kingsman The Secret Service in 2014. Written by Jason Fuchs, who wrote Pan in 2015, Wonder Woman in 2017, and I Still See You in 2018. This was released on February 2nd, 2024 in theaters, but it will be streaming on Apple TV Plus in a few months. This stars Henry Cavill as Agent Argyle. Bryce Dallas Howard as Ellie Conway, Sam Rockwell as Aiden, Brian Cranston as Ritter, Catherine O'Hara as Ruth Conway, Sophia Boutillier as The Keeper, Dua Lipa as Lagrange, Ariana DeBose as Kara, 
John Cena as Wyatt, and Samuel L. Jackson as Alfred Solomon. This is currently sitting at a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Nabil, let's work with you here on this one first. What are your... Th- just a brief thought on the film. We'll, we'll come back around what, what worked surprised you, what fell short of expectations. Uh, what did you think overall of Argyle? It was all right. You know, I didn't think it was as funny as I thought it was going to be, as I also thought there would be a lot more... Did you um, laugh during this movie? There were some bits. I, I feel like some of the... With with the characters and the actors that were in there, I feel like some of the things were underutilized. Some people didn't get their time for some reason. So, and I feel yeah. feel like the plot was a bit. I don't know if the word convoluted is is the right way to say it. I think it was trying to be smarter than it needed than it really was. Um, and set up film if, before we get into yeah, language, right. Think. So, I don't know. I, I it it disappointed me. I'll say that much. Uh, what about you, Mikey? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a fun film. Uh, the action was good, uh, but I kind of echo what uh, Nabil said about the story and how it, you know, kind of, kind of just it, some parts it didn't work for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, it's it's not a fantastic movie, but I did have fun watching it. Yeah, I saw it with Mikey. We originally actually were going to take Marco. Just a little spoiler alert. He it's his birthday. We were about to see it in 40x, and we didn't. So <laughs> Mikey and I had a pivot there and. Went and saw it in IMAX where it was louder than all fuck. And I think I got an ear infection out of it. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> Seriously, I'm not even joking. So, um, dude, that theater is really loud. It's crazy. Dude, I don't know why. I think it's too loud now. Like, Or am I just getting old? I'm like, they need to lower the IMAX. <laughs> you got to bring some earplugs with you when you dude, go to these movies. My watch was telling me the whole time, like, hey, uh, you're in a really loud environment. Like 30 more minutes of this to get permanent ear damage. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> And I think well, this movie was super fucking long, I think. Was this like two and a half hours long? Two hours and 15 It was another hours? film that was longer than it should have been. Yeah, Jesus Christ, it was long. So um, I agree with you guys. It was just okay. Um, I had fun. I still did have fun. I think it has a really good cast, which we'll jump into. Truthfully, that CG little cat. I know sometimes it's real. I'm assuming, right? That cat was so cute. <laughs> I don't know why. I was just like, why is he so adorable? But for the most part, it's very, uh, I even wrote him a little letterbox. I, I, it's pretty forgettable, I think, outside of its connections to certain things that we'll go into eventually. But let's just jump into it then. Like, so what What did work for you guys in the movie then? Uh, start with you, Mikey. Uh, I really like the action. So, there, there, I mean, especially that there's a train scene. That's my favorite action scene. I'm, I'm sure we'll probably talk about it a little bit more in, uh, later on here. But, uh, but yeah, the action just worked for me. Uh, it kind mm-hmm. of follows a little bit like the... Uh, previous action movies that we've seen that are similar to this that are like kind of over the top there's some crazy stuff that happens and a lot of it works for me in terms of action side uh that's about it that worked for me uh really uh, yeah yeah, yeah. what about you nabil yeah the the action was what really worked for me a lot still just with it being i guess matthew vaughn and his work on the kingsman and everything Mm -hmm. like it's very well choreographed. It's fun when he does the action scenes. You, it doesn't take itself too seriously, and you can kind of yeah. you just are 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 sold with it. Um, I like John Cena. He was hilarious in this film. Um, and, very small role though. Yeah, small know. role, but he was he was looked like he was having a lot of fun. So I enjoyed that, and I I really like Sam Rockwell a lot. I think he was he was really fun in this film as well. So so I mean, like some of the yeah. acting, like you said, James is a really good cast, and the cast is there. I just feel maybe not everybody was being used as well as they should have been. I think there's reasons behind that, but I mean, the main cast of like Bryce Dallas Howard, I thought was really good in here. She, I don't think she's, I mean, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of movies where she leads. She's the, I mean, I don't think it's a spoiler. You can tell by the trailer like she is in the main character in this movie with yeah. Sam Rockwell's character as well. I think the two of them actually work quite well together. And I, I, once again, I agree with you guys. Action works really well here. Uh, Brian Cranston as the, main bad guy was cool too he, he works in those roles really well i think he knows he's also i mean we all know this frank Grant's a really good actor he also can really like dial it in when he needs to like yeah. be a cheesy ass villain of a secret organization i think that really did work getting into then so did anything surprise you about the film overall the biggest surprise in the movie outside of the twist i guess i mean the twists for me were obviously some of the bigger things but it, in my opinion, I think the twists are revealed a little too early into the film because of the runtime, truth be told. I even saw it was coming, and you know, I don't even get the twist. So well, I, 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 I Mikey, and I was like, is this happening? And he's like, I think yeah. two minutes later, it is. 
<laughs> yeah, those are was pretty obvious. Honestly, I was more surprised at the fact of how little um, Henry Cavill and Dua Lipa are in the film. I think the trailer leads into, and the poster even leads to something or alludes to something that really isn't there in the film. Which, again, the main characters are fine. It's just that they marketed very heavily like this is going to be a Dua Lipa and Would Henry you? Cavill. I see. I, I didn't expect them to be in it too long because I knew that they were part of the book she's writing, right? So it's like they're obviously characters in that book. I didn't expect them to actually be in the movie. I, I thought Henry Cavill, truth be told, shows up a little bit more than I thought he would, in all honesty. So mm. with how they, I, with, without going into it, like there's sequences where he's in Ellie's head talking to her, and I, I didn't expect that to happen. So what about you, Mikey? Anything surprise you? Or do you want to jump into what um, fell short of your expectations? I mean, they're, they're kind of the, they're kind of the same for me. So I guess we can kind of do, do both of those. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I I kind of echo a little bit what what uh, Nabil was saying here. I was surprised how like so little of the cast was actually used. Like uh, you see the commercial or the trailer or whatever you want to call it here, and you see some of these characters. You just expect them to be in the movie more than you know a couple scenes. Um, yeah, and. So I, I felt like that was there. And even some of the side characters are like barely in the movie. It's mainly just the, the two main characters that you're seeing a lot of. Uh, and then, you know, cannon fodder people that they're fighting. So there, there's get, that. You get a decent amount of Brian Cranston and Catherine O'Hara, too, to a point. Yeah. But they're the bag. I mean, well, you know, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and also, uh, you know, you, you, I mean, you said it too, James. Is I, I've, I actually like really like the cat. And that kind of was very Thank surprising you. to me as yeah, well. They, they, they utilize it fairly well, person, as you guys know. So, but yeah. I was like, I'd like to give this cat a pet. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that the characters' usage was, uh, you know, fell short, and it was also just like how they presented information. It was very straightforward, uh, and the story was like presented as just like here's a little bit of tidbit of information. Here's this yeah. action scene. You know, here's a twist, and you know, I don't think it was particularly very well written. Yeah, it's a lot of telling, not showing. If you guys agree with that, where how they kind of like, oh, that's our song, and then, man, why did it? Bo- I love that Beatles song, by the way. That's the newer one. But the whole time, it bothered me. I was like, that song just came out three that's what I was months ago. Too. How the fuck was, is that your song? I was okay. telling it to my wife. I was like, this film, this song just came out. There's no way this is your. It's an Apple song. thing. That's why. So I was like, oh, so they're utilizing all their fucking. <laughs> I mean, they got money, right? So I was like, okay, I get it. It actually works with the relationship between Ellie and Aiden and the reveal we get between them. I was like, okay, that worked. But still, I, just knowing in real life, I was like, there's no fucking way that came out five fucking years ago. Unless this is set in the future or something. I'm like, okay, I mean, maybe, I guess. I don't know. Um, Nabil, then, what did you think, Nabil, of the pacing overall of the plot? Like, did you did you actually enjoy the overall plot at, by the end of it? Or were you just like, fuck? No, I got really... Like, wait, I, I think what you had said earlier, it's, you know, the writing aspect of it, I think because Matthew Vaughn didn't actually write this film, that's and, and but he directed it, so it's got all his style without the substance. You know, I was telling Mikey earlier about the um, I, watching the other Kingsman films that Matthew Vaughn, you know, he wrote them, and they they have they're a bit, they're a bit crude. But I'll say this much: I think funny. I think he still has an outline for all these because these are his creations. They are, yeah. and he has a plan but, for like a much bigger, like expanded universe i guess you might say if you're looking at it from a marvel dc kind of standpoint i guess yeah i'm, I'm sure he's trying to build a the spy universe a multiverse like for that. for uh, whichever production company this is but um i feel like like this that's what was lacking is like there was he might have an idea of what he wanted to do with this and, but it doesn't have that same substance because he didn't fully put pen to paper for everything in this film. I, and yeah. that plot kind of is what bothered me a lot. You know what I'll say about the, his Kingsman movies have a style to them, though, which yeah. I actually really like. And I even like the prequel, the the Kingsman. I know a lot of people don't like that as much as the other movies, but I, I, I still feel like that movie still has a kind of style to itself. Maybe because those are all rated R, so they, they're allowed to kind of push the boundaries on it while well, this is a PG-13 film. But and trying to get a broader audience, broader audience for it too. Especially, I mean, look at the fucking cast, right? They're they're trying to get you in with the Henry Cavill kind of shit. And but I felt like the Kingsman movies at least know what they're kind of going for, and then they really go for it. Like you said, they are pretty crude with the humor on those ones. They are very adult, 
And for me, I feel like that for his universe in in general, it works. And then this one has like too much stuff going on. Like like you said, it's very convoluted with the plot. We have a plot where she's trying to, you know, she gets she goes runs off with Aiden. They're trying to reveal to her that she she's predicting things with her stuff with the novelization, and then. Meanwhile, there's all these other subplots that go on. And in truth, the last 40 minutes of the film turn into like a different straight up a different kind of movie. And I yeah. think that's the weakest part of the movie. Truly, I like the first half of this movie quite a bit. It's really the second half where it falls off, where things happen. We'll, we'll get into spoilers, obviously. But in in when it when the reveal happens, it's it's almost too soon. Like I said, I wish they had held it off a little bit to like keep us guessing. But I don't know. Just yeah, I I think that's that's me. actually you kind of I feel like you nailed it there. The first half of the film, the the premise of her being a part of her novels and yeah. like living that life, that premise I think right there is a solid film. They could have just kept that going to the end and then had a had like that kind of reveal that they end up having come at the end and leave it there instead yeah. of this kind of weird second act, third act thing that they were doing. That was the enjoyable part of the film. Once we start going into the next aspect of it, though, I start feeling more and more lost and like not really understanding some of the even like Brian character uh, Brian Cranston's motive as to what he did with um, Ellie Conway, like how that even makes any sense at this point. Like, where's the motivation and what they were doing and the big reveal? So, yeah, I, I completely agree with that, James. Did you guys think overall, though, by the I mean, without trying to change plot wise, it's just like I. It it does still work. It, I I just think it's very weak by the end. Like I was like, okay, this is, and then they just start kind of throwing characters back in and like, well, remember this guy? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, like well, I, I think if they, yeah, I mean, trying to keep the story the same, right? If they took the twist with the bad guy and pushed it more towards the end of the film, I think it would have worked better um, because they are they do all the twists and all the stuff like in a fifteen minute time frame. Uh, and then they just kind of move move on to the next thing. And like you said, it kind of brings in too many elements towards the end of the movie. And I think they could have just saved one of those to the end, the very end. And and the, the plot with the, I mean, like I said, the bad guy's twist is, is a little bit more, I think would have been a better to have at the very end to kind of like, just put I a cap so, on right? things that are happening. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that would have worked out a lot better and keeping the same exact storyline, but just kind of mixing things up a little bit. One thing I do want to bring up, too, is the CG in this movie. What did you guys overall think of it? I thought, personally, at times, it's it's kind of horrendous looking. <laughs> it's very obvious green screen. and But sometimes it does look good. Like, for instance, there's um, certain stylistic choices I think they use. Like, for instance, while I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the hallway scene because we can't see shit what's going on. I feel like that scene with the colors, for instance, without spoiling what, what's going on, is very reminiscent of a Kingsman film where they're trying to, you yeah, know, that, it's got a song going on, there's else. action going mm-hmm. on, there's, but it, it just looks, it didn't look the greatest because you can just tell they were like in a green screen room and this was out added afterwards. Also, just on that note here, I agree with you as far as the CGI. I, I thought it it was really bad in, in some places, like, especially, like I don't know, the, there was like a the part where they're wearing masks, like gas masks. Yeah, that's, a, that's the one and I'm like, talking about, yeah. And like the face is just like, it looks terrible. It's CG'd on, mm-hmm. right? And I think, yeah, yeah, I know yeah, yeah. obviously, I'm like, there's two stunt dudes <laughs> jumping around and crap, and they're like, <laughs> we're going to add it to these people's so goddamn it, faces It now. looked bad there, but I was talking to my friend actually earlier today, and he's like, I actually didn't mind the CG because in the very beginning of the movie, like uh, there are some scenes uh, that the just kind of tell CG you in Greece, yeah, the whole and- the whole thing in Greece. It was like just terrible CG. So like you're prepared for it, right? I mean, yeah, I hate not to like say it that way. But it's kind of like, like they don't happened? like try to trick you, and then like you have a bad scene at the end. It was like the whole that's movie kind of had bad CG. So you were kind of okay with it. I think at least a little yeah, bit. that's true. And the cat looked good for CG. I'll say that much. It did, yeah. That's why I was like, at times, it's like it's real. Sometimes, right? I don't think I it was. Tell. I don't think was it, it was, really it was ever real. Yeah, I don't think it was ever real. Alfie, right? I could be I wrong. Alfie's but, real. Yeah. Although I did read that it was based off of uh, Matthew Vaughn's, I think it's wife's cat. So at the very least, it's a real cat, but maybe not in many of the scenes. Oh, okay. Well, it worked no. for me. I don't we know. No cat. So they just brought the cat uh, in. Mo- cat. Like, what if the <laughs> cat was crazy and she loved them? <laughs> There's even like, although there, there's a sequence later where there's like a skating on oil part that I actually really liked, even though it doesn't look the greatest. But I just, oh yeah, I had fun with that. I had fun yeah. with that scene though because it was so over the top. That's kind of like I wish there was just if they're gonna do it, just 
just do it then, you know? Leave so it to it, yeah. To that point, those I, I I could be wrong, but I feel like a lot of those action set pieces were the brainchild of Matthew Vaughn, and because it all kind of reminisces, it's very it's much his style, of, right? Yeah, of his style exactly. And yeah. so, like that, it's a very creative way to do a fight scene. Even the train scene, I, I think that was the strongest fight scene in the movie. Um, yeah. But like, unfortunately, we saw it like wacky. Of it in the trailer, which sucks. But yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> um, you know, there's a scene in a in a room where he's going. You know, he's fighting a bunch of guys inside this uh, apartment. Like all those set pieces. I, are, are some of the best parts of the film. And I think that is, I go back to saying, I think that's more because he had more directorial vision on what he wanted this to look like and not necessarily didn't have his hands in the actual plot of it uh, to the same extent. So did any other scenes really stand out to you guys outside of the action sequences? Like for instance, th- there is, uh, there are f- somewhat funny kind of moments in this one. They're not, laugh out loud or anything i think but there they are a few maybe chuckles as we've been talking about for the last <laughs> couple of movies here or thoughts on it, even like the mystery and espionage part of it all what did you guys think overall with any scenes or anything like theme wise did it, did it do enough of what it was trying to go for i guess or i mean we kind of talked maybe it didn't but what do you guys think i do like one thing that was kind of a constant trope in the film and that was when ellie was kind of going back and forth with herself and like scenes with argyle just between him and like even um wyatt coming in there being with aiden like those flashbacks of the book characters and the real life characters when we went to the book characters, they were funny. Just, you know, Henry Cavill and John Cena, again, worked really well together, and they were pretty funny going and going back and forth like that. So I, I like that trope that they were doing throughout the film. I think that really landed some of the comedy comedic elements that they were going for. I mean, outside of the action scenes, I don't think anything really stood out to me. Um, I did chuckle, but I honestly, I'm thinking back about the movie right now, and I can't tell you what I chuckled at. So so it's like very uh, on, like i think it was funny <laughs> yeah no I, I actually i was laughing in the movie i know i was uh but i can't tell you what i was laughing at just off the top of my head right now so i'm sure if i watched it again you know i could kind of bring it up and like kind of think about it but just thinking back of it right now i can't think of any scenes that like were funny and i could like tell you why it was funny so i mean I I, that for, kind of tells you yeah. right there i think the scenes with the cat were funny most of those ones yeah. I did find I, I did find I did chuckle at that. Outside of that too, I I yeah I guess I I guess I can't recall. <laughs> Think about it, like maybe just the interactions between them, but it, nothing was crazy. I guess, but I, I don't think it's truly like a comedy. So it's like it just has some elements that are because she's kind of a fish out of water for a little bit, right, Ellie? So it's kind of like oh she's this is not part of her world, and she's getting introduced to all this crap, and you know she's trying to make it through, and she doesn't know who to trust, blah blah, but. Mystery espionage wise, like I, I was actually I, that's why I said the first half of the movie actually works for me because I was, you know, you're obviously trying to figure out, like, how the hell is she doing all this stuff with the books? Right. Like cause the books are correlating to actual like, real events and before they happen. And the reveal of it, though, when they do show it off is kind of like, oh, really? That's it. You know, <laughs> like it might have been like, oh, oh, OK, I guess like it's pretty far fetched. But once again, it's if you think of it in a Kingsman kind of way, like kind of adds up i guess but what did you you guys anything on that yeah i mean you kind of you kind of said it uh most of the spy espionage stuff is in the first half um and you're kind of discovering things as you know uh ellie is figuring things out too so it's kind of you're kind of matching her you know vision of what's going on uh and then the you know like you said they kind of reveal some stuff i think it does kind of take away a little bit of that spy aspect so i kind of agree with what you're saying I agree. Uh, just anybody else in the cast stood out for you guys outside? I know, like we talked about, we've already kind of talked about cast overall and how it's very underused for some of the bigger names. Obviously, Henry Cavill being the biggest one, in my opinion. Um, did you guys think overall the acting was OK, though? What did you guys think about acting overall? I wasn't a fan of Samuel Jackson, especially him being in Kingsman and being the bad guy there and then seeing him in this role. I I can I know he was trying to be a bit over the top with it, but I just I wasn't with it. He's very so. minor, I would say though. Yeah, he is a minor character in here. Yeah, uh, I would say with the three Bane, you know, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, and uh, Brian Cranston, I think those three did a pretty good job as far as like they just brought it, and their scenes are really good. 
Um, and we have already kind of talked about it. So, I mean, I, I kind of just yeah. echo what we've said beforehand, but yeah, I agree. everybody else is just kind of really, really minor in my kind opinion. So. There, I guess. Right. Yeah. I, I, once again, I, I will give a, a tip of the hat to Bryce Dallas Howard and Sam Rockwell. I, I thought, like I said, I thought they actually did really well. And I feel like they do have some chemistry. I, I thought it worked for me, at least. You know, there's there's parts of it where you see this, especially when you learn more about the story and w- what had happened. And Sam Rock, I feel like Sam Rockwell always gets a short in the stick in a lot of things. Like, I think he's a very underrated actor. It just sucks that he he's in roles sometimes that like not a lot of people see. And I, I don't think this movie's doing the greatest right now, too. So I don't know if that's going to correlate with another like failure for Sam Rockwell. But I think he's I think Sam Rockwell is a, a really good actor. And I. I don't think I've seen him in too much action things, to tell you the truth. Uh, let's get into star rating, because obviously we've been holding back off from explaining a few more things a little a bit thoroughly. Truth be told, because of spoilers. What would you guys give this one uh, in a star rating? Would you still recommend it or not? Uh, Mikey, start with you. Uh, I give this one two and a half. I would say watch it, um, but I would probably wait until it's streaming. I, w- I wouldn't go to the theater for it. I don't think you, you really miss anything until it's you know free if you have that service. Gotcha. What about you, Nabil? I also gave it two and a half stars, and I echo like yeah, I watch it, but you can wait till it's on streaming. I give this one three out of five. I would say I would still recommend it. I yeah, I don't know if per se there's a lot better movies out right now in theaters. Truth be told, especially with Oscar shit coming up, and unless you're really looking for, I mean, if you if you if you set the bar really low, I guess don't expect too much out of it. If you're just looking for a popcorn flick, this this works for it. Truthfully. Like Mikey said, he and I still had fun watching it. So, yeah, and the action scenes are really good. So, if you just want to look like like an action film, it, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's decent. A, it's it's not bad. showing or something, you know, like, or if you have an unlimited pass to one of the theaters, go and check it out if it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, let's jump into our spoiler section. So, if you do not want to hear about some twists, I, I would highly recommend not listening to this part if you haven't, because there there are some twists to this movie. Which, truth be told, you probably figure it out, but there are a few things I, I didn't see coming. So, uh, I would probably skip ahead to our outro and listen to what's coming next. All right, guys, so let's jump into a few things here. So Ellie Conway's true identity is she actually is the quote-unquote agent. She's Rachel Guile or something, right? Rachel Kyle, yeah. Kyle, sorry. I, I figured it out right before, actually. I figured, I was like, wait a minute. This don't make no sense. Is it because she's the spy? And then, you know, and we're, it's revealed that she was, you know, she was on a mission. Something happened where she was knocked out, woke up in a coma. Ritter and Ruth turn, uh, by the way, Ruth Conway turns out to, Catherine O'Hara, her quote unquote mom, it turns out to actually be like this uh, psych, psychiatric evil villain with Ritter. Yeah. Yeah, and then they they basically mind warp her, and then for the next five years she's been they're just trying to get her to write books so that she can reveal what she was leading up to. It's it's a super convoluted uh, reveal in a way. But what did you guys think about that overall? Did that work for you? Did you guys see it coming as well? I know, I know you said you 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 guessed it. So if you guessed it, I can only guess <laughs> everyone can guess this. <laughs> well, that's I mean, truer words have never been spoken. You know, it's uh, it was it 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 came pretty apparent to me, and honestly, that's part of the reason why I think that it, the film was convoluted because once the reveal comes that that's not her parent, Ellie's parents, the film becomes something completely different. It like changes tone. It's its own right? thing. Yeah, like it's a whole different film now. And to what like Mikey and you were saying earlier, I think that could have been essentially a roundabout where they could have just wrapped up this film and then left that for like the next thing of her other life as a spy or something like that. I don't know for another film. But this whole idea of her being the actual spy and I just didn't get the motivation of like, why make her write the books? If you could brainwash her, why wouldn't you just brainwash her to tell you the information or like hypnotize her or something? I don't know. I feel like there's easier ways than what they did to do this. Yeah. And like, <laughs> is she the favorite? If she seems like she's the favorite spy, so she was pretty loyal. So there was no need for her, for you to turn her into somebody else. When you, if you brought her back, she would have been on your side. Anyway, like there's, it just but that seems you also, weird. You also have to know she also was like a double agent at the time too. She was actually right. working with the division. But it didn't, know that and then she was flipped and then she was getting information but then she would then they explained that she was going to turn that's why right. she was actually good because yeah. she falls in love with aiden and she was actually like on a mission to like basically reveal to them all like the agents of the division within the within their organization 
I thought mm-hmm. that was convoluted as fuck, by the way. Like, that was confusing. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I was like, wait, is she at, a bad guy? <laughs> well, just look at the way you had to explain it. Like, mm-hmm. that, I mean, you just did, like, uh, you know, a 30-second rendition of what actually happened, but it was, like, so much words on, like, what is going left and right and what's happening. And it takes it's a while so to get to that point mm-hmm. told when you finally kind of figure it out. Because, I, you know, you figure out the agent thing, but then you find out more. After she, you know, she goes to the keeper and she finds out like, wait, I'm a bad guy or something. And I was like, wait, what? So I was like, uh, okay. And honestly, like it, it doesn't, a lot of the stuff that happens after that doesn't make sense anyways. Like, is she this R, uh, R Kyle person or is she Ellie still? Right. Cause there's still like conflicting things that happen after this. Um, I mean, like she's not a cat person before, but she is a cat person now, but then she still likes yeah. the cat. So like, there's still some stuff of Ellie that's in there still. And I just felt like, like they just kind of pick and choose what they wanted to use. Sure. Yeah. You know? And it's like, she's either this person that remembers everything or she's not this person anymore. Um, yeah. And I just felt like they just didn't make a decision on some of that stuff. I think your transition into becoming an agent again happens a little too soon, like or too quickly, I guess it happens. And we're just as, as the audience, we're supposed to just kind of be like, okay, now she's back in spy mode for the last hour of the movie or so like, wait, what the fuck? Right. And I, I don't know. It just, I felt like they should have, I almost feel like they should have just waited to the end to do it. And then a big reveal. I don't know. But once again, that'd have to be, they'd be rewriting the whole thing, obviously. But I, I agree. And then, then she knows how to kick ass again out of nowhere. And, it's like, okay, I guess she could have done that from the beginning. Well, Aiden even makes a call out. He's about the whole shooting of the heart thing. He's like, so wait, you remember this one specific spot where you could have shot me through and just decided that you were skilled enough again to be able to figure that out and just take the shot? And, and she's, like, she's like, I was going to bring yeah. Kira back that way. And then Kira at the end is like, I'm the one that sent you that email. And then I'm like, yeah. stop telling me this shit. I was, yeah, you know I was I mean? like, um, okay, I guess we were was, all just rolling with this. I was like, but do by that end, reasons. It, was, it was turning into cheesy dad joke moment for me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, okay, I guess we're just gonna just fucking roll with it. I guess. I guess there's no purpose in character development here. So okay, and then it's revealed like Aiden is the white character that's John Cena. So then you know it's like yeah. okay. So then, the whole time I kept thinking, I was like, is Henry Cavill and John Cena about to start making out? <laughs> are they gonna reveal these guys are in a relationship? Like be it's all up in her head. Tell me yeah. right now. You know what scenes I want to talk about too, real quick. Early on, the there is where she's working on the next chapter and she's thinking of it. And then Henry Cavill, that's probably the scene I probably laughed at, is where he's like, "Wait, no, that doesn't make any sense." And then let's take a step back. <laughs> it's actually him talking about like that. I yeah. actually wish they had done that more, but her her writing thing is only in like the first twenty minutes of the movie. And then after that, it's like, never mind, don't worry about it. Yeah, so. that's what I was saying. Like, I like those scenes where she's interacting back and forth with her past, with with either the with the story, you know, or even with her memories, and she's flashbacking as if she was Henry Cavill or um, Wyatt. Like, those were to me the more funny scenes outside of the action that that they they did well. They landed those kind of interactions pretty well together, especially when the like the action sequences. She's imagining Argyle's doing it, and he's just cool and suave doing it. Yeah. And then Aiden, on the other hand, is getting like his ass kicked. But right. then, if you think about it, she has an infatuation with the Argyle character, but she is the Argyle. So, what? She's in love with right. herself? Is that what you're trying to get at? Like well, now, now that's you were making me think about that. I didn't even think <laughs> put that together. Yeah, because okay. well, she's imagining I mean, him, and she's like, "Is Argyle her?" Because there is an Argyle character, right? Okay, so yeah, the, there's the reveal at the end that there's an Argyle. Okay, there's there's like two sequences. Well, I will preface this real quick. Before the movie came out, there actually is an Argyle book, by the way, available to buy, written by Ellie Conway on Amazon right now, which is the book that is in the movie that is a full-blown espionage novel that apparently a future movie is going to be based on. There's an actual Argyle book. I don't know if they did it. It's obviously like a tie-in, but it's actually like a full-blown book. Supposedly, they're trying to like connect them all in real life. Like, there's a real, there is a real Argyle, but then we get a I mean, Henry Cavill shows up at the end asking a question to Ellie Conway, you know, a little epilogue. And he's like, I bet you have a lot of questions for me, right? The thing is, before we even get into the mid credit scene, doesn't that guy have like an American accent? He's not British, right? Or is he British? No, he wasn't British. He can do whatever he wants, right? That's what I was saying. Okay, hold on, though. That could be a thing. So there is a, technically a real Argyle. And then in the mid credit scene, this is probably the biggest reveal. We, we go to a bar that is a Kingsman bar. So this movie 
takes place also in the Kingsman universe. That's what they're, I'm assuming that's what they're mentioning, right? And it, yeah. it is trying to show you that 20 years prior, a young teenager named Argyle joined the Kingsman. So, and then supposedly that guy that is in the audience is probably that kid, I'm assuming, right? That's what I assumed. So what a fucking way to reveal a fucking <laughs> two scenes that I was like, what the fuck is going on? And, but then I just saw the Kingsman thing. I said, like, oh, okay. So it is set in the same universe. And I found that kind of confusing because I was trying to put the pieces together. Obviously, it's a total cliffhanger setup for a sequel, obviously. Because like I said, they are revealing that, like, hey, the, the next movie is book one of Argyle or some shit like that based on the book. And I don't know, man. So <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, that went over my head. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they, they make you like not understand what's happening because the whole time they're saying that she's Argyle. And then now they have a character called Argyle. Yeah. With I, the same person they're using as the actor in her book. So the, the so thing is, like, does she actually admit- have like... Like, does she know about that guy? Maybe, maybe that's part of the past that she maybe. revealed, and then she, I don't know. They would probably obviously clear it up in a sequel. I'm assuming, but I'm and not also sure. the cat's name is the same as Samuel L. Jackson, so maybe she was taking real elements that she knew about and putting them in the book. But none of that's really. I mean, it's all us putting that together. It's not like the movie's yeah. telling you any of this stuff, which is fine. They um, don't like I said. They don't have to tell no. us, and this could be something a payoff for a future one, but. If they are in the same universe, I do find it strange that Samuel Jackson played two different characters. The same with Sophia Butella is also right. a character in the first uh, Kingsman as well. So she was, she was, yeah. She's a lady with no legs. It's an assassin that works with Samuel Jackson's character. And it's like, I know it doesn't matter. You can have multiple characters, especially since they both are dead. Spoiler alert for a movie that came out 10 years ago. But <laughs> they're not around, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. And they're I, they're not the same people, obviously, so. I don't know. I found it really weird that they showed it that way. Only one of those scenes was really needed. I think they could have just ended it and then they have a cut scene where you find out there was a real Argyle in the Kingsman. If they wanted to, obviously they're trying to connect it to Kingsman, right? They want you to know that this is a Kingsman thing. So now you know they're connected, but having the guy come out in the end, he's like this greasy faced, but once again, maybe he's in disguise, right? Pretending he's a fan or some shit. But then why would he reveal himself at the thing? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's really weird. And, and I honestly, like, if they just took the Henry Cavill part out and then just did the Kingsman stuff, I would yeah, be okay with saying, it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's fine. But when they put both of them in there, it's just made it kind of weird and you're not really sure what's going on. So, but like you said, it might pay off in the future. I don't know. That was weird. I didn't... Confusing, and especially as a movie that's PG-13 compared to the Radar. If you'd never seen those, you would not know what the fuck's going on in that part, man. You'd be like, what? Any last-minute things you guys want to bring up now that we're in the spoiler section here? I don't like that they uh, did absolutely nothing with uh, Rob Delaney. He was just there, and then he died. <laughs> I was like, there was no jokes. He gets killed in like... Well, that's a... Can- yeah. That's it was a straight, pure... It was yeah. a fucking cameo. But it was like a straight character he was playing to. He wasn't even... It wasn't even funny, which is what I thought was odd. Well, he messed he was up, and movie. then he got shot with a shotgun to the back of his head. So it's just <laughs> right. to show you, like, anyone can die in this movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. I did like... Once again, I will bring up the scene that I was talking about is a scene with Ellie where she's skating on oil and just gunning people down because she has a, right. a background in ice skating that she suddenly remembers is Apparently. actually true. I actually really like that scene too. So yeah, that scene and the train scene definitely stand out to me as far as like the best scenes of the movie. The train I scene was really cool. End, yeah, where she's suddenly like a fucking Winter Soldier, and I was like, oh my god, stop adding shit to this story, <laughs> right? I was like, why are they adding this, dude? Like, come on, man, just fucking get over it. It was so it was so shittily shot too. Like, it's such a green screen that whole ship. They're not on a boat. Yeah, it was. All right, so that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Mikey, tell them how they can reach us. Well, listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us, we're on all of them. For a quick link to our socials, visit linktree slash moviepalspod. That's linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash moviepalspod. Thank you, and make sure to smash that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Also... We just started our TikTok here, so you'll start seeing movie reviews and quick clips of what our new podcasts are going to be out. So check us out there at Movie Pals Pod. Thank you, Mikey. Make sure also to stay tuned for our next episode, episode number 168, where we will be reviewing the new 4K remaster of the 1984 film Footloose. And, of course, James's pick for 
our hilarious films that are forgotten in time, Kung Pao, Answer the Fist. Thank you, Nabil. Appreciate that. Until next time, this is James. Nabil. And Mikey. Have a great one.